Hello, this is Timmy Black, and welcome once again to another episode of The Lives of Contemporary Artists. I woke up the other day, struck, struck, struck by my, struck by my, struck by my insignificance, my superfluity, my, my, my irrelevance. Now this might sound strange coming from Los Angeles's preeminent arts podcaster, but I got to tell you, this wasn't a one-off. I have these, I have these existential episodes all the time. It's a, it's a recurring theme. It's a theme I should add that I highly recommend, especially to an audience made up primarily of intelligent and earnest and diligent uh, contributors to what is euphemistically referred to as the creative economy. I, I, um, I recommend it. I, 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 I woke up very early, in fact, the other day. I, 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 I woke up very early. Struck by the icy, cold, yet consoling fact that I, we, that I am of of little consequence. Now, what occasioned my admittedly pedestrian epiphany was a total, and I mean total, lunar eclipse. Maybe you saw it on YouTube. I, I saw it in real life in real life and in real time at about four in the morning. And what I saw was what the astronomy branding people were calling the super flower blood moon. I didn't want to miss it. Besides, I felt I owed it to my listeners. I mean, I mean, if Yahweh, arguably the most prolific, if not the most influential contemporary artist today, decides to paint the moon blood red in the middle of the night, well, Timmy should be out there taking notes. Now, here in here in Southern California, there seems to be a few ways to look at the heavens. Now, I admit, with me waking up at four in the morning and watching a, a shadow slowly cover the moon, something, by the way, that is about as suspenseful as a, uh, as a Swedish art house, movie, I seem to hold a minority view, and it goes something like this. The universe is big, the universe is big, and the universe is indifferent. We are tiny, and we are delusional. Samuel Beckett was right. You must go on. I can't go on. I'll go on. But there's, but there's the prevailing Southern Californian view, a little bit different than that, which might sound something like, like this. Saturn is in retrograde. It's probably not the best time to change jobs. Now, now don't get me wrong. There, there are a lot of views in between these two extremes. Well, actually, no, not around here. There really isn't, on, on the, at least not on the west side of L.A. They're, they're, that's pre, that pretty much covers it. Anyway, after I had enough of the eclipse, I, I went back into the house, had a, 
had a cup of coffee and some dry toast. And I did what I always do when I confront the agony and, uh, and the reality of existence. I become consumed with, I get consumed with despair and, and that's when I usually call my uncle. Now, my uncle is not only a venerable landfill of homespun, thumb in your eye, old school wisdom, but he's also quite an important contemporary artist. Many of my listeners in the Chicago area, I'm sure, are very familiar with my, my uncle, my uncle's work. My uncle, I've never really talked about this on the podcast before, but my uncle is the legendary collagist Donardo Schwartz, and he's definitely from, from that old school. And whenever I talk to him, he's always quick to remind me that no matter how many followers I have, no matter how many likes I collect daily, he remembers the day I threw up in synagogue when I was 11 years old and how I soiled, defiled really, not only the Sabbath, but also the extremely starched and extremely pink party dress of the young congregant who unfortunately suffered the collateral damage of my uh, intestinal uh, flu. In other words, to Uncle Danny Timmy, will always be a schmuck. So, so featuring a blood relative on the podcast might be a clear-cut, shameless exercise in double-dipping nepotism, but I checked my analytics the other day, and I'm pretty sure everyone's going to be cool with this. So I called him back. I got him patched in right now, live, live from Chicago, one of today's most interesting visual artist, a man so renowned in the Midwest that not only one, but two really fabulous delis, one in Shaker Heights and one in Winnetka, have sandwiches named after him. The lives of contemporary artists would like to welcome Mr. Donardo Schwartz. Hello, Uncle Danny. How are you? Oh, come on, Uncle Danny, come on, come on. By, by, by the way, how's Angolda? Golda, Golda, you, you pots, Golda died two years ago. Sorry, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Anyway, welcome, Uncle Danny, to the lives of contemporary artists. First, let me just introduce you to my listeners. Um, yeah. Donardo Schwartz was born in Lachine, Quebec in 1939 and moved to the United States in the late 50s in order to attend the University of Chicago where he studied medical illustration with James Cashew and painting with the legendary Fawn Roberts who as an expatriate was the only American woman to be considered a legitimate member of Le Bon de Picasso. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh, in 1961, Schwartz himself moved to Paris, where he studied philosophy at L'Ecole Normale Supérieure under Maurice Merleau-Ponty. Impressive. Officially expelled from France after being arrested during the student occupation of the Sorbonne in May 68, DiNardo returned to Chicago where after a series of odd jobs including undertaker, taxi driver, and supervisor at the notorious Swift and Company Abattoir. Denny, <laughs> I gotta say, Uncle Denny, you've got a terrific publicist. This is amazing. Okay. Uh, a, a drifted, a, a, a gifted draftsperson. In 1973, Schwartz landed a job at Hallmark, where, drawing from his experience in the funeral business and the slaughterhouse, specialized in designing condolence cards. In 1984, he was appointed by Chicago Mayor Harold Washington to sit on the Municipal Transit Arts Commission. Oh yeah, I, I remember this. Uh, Uncle, Uncle Denny had this, had this. Yeah, Uncle Denny had this plum job where he basically had this enormous budget to create all sorts of public artworks. I remember, uh, I remember he was fired after about a year, some sort of pay-to-play scandal. But in the short time he was there, I remember this and. Yeah, he, he had people like Sophia Lagrimar, N.U. Karatine, Greg Cohen, Vitold Niar, and, and he had um, uh, Maria Sophia Marabu. He had all these incredible people paint murals all over the city. It was amazing. But as, as we all know, whenever the government gets involved in art curating, there's always a bit of caution, a bit of conservatism, and, and in the end, most of the murals ended up getting painted over. Anyway. Um, let's get back to this. In 1993, Donardo Schwartz was awarded his first Guggenheim, and from that moment on, he's been given the proper respect that was long overdue. Always a great source of wisdom and colorful anecdotes. I am so happy to have you, Uncle Denny, Donardo Schwartz, on the podcast. Tell me. Tell me, Uncle Denny. How'd you do it? How, how did you, how did you stick it out? How did you, how did you avoid losing hope? I mean, I'm sure my listeners want to know what is your secret for perseverance? Denny? Uncle Denny? 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 I guess we got cut off. No big deal. I, 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 it's just that my cousin Shelly insisted I have her dad on. And I don't know, maybe he fell asleep. I don't know. He's, he really is an interesting guy. We're going to try to get him back. He's, all, he, he's very, very interesting. He's very funny. He's very smart. He's very funny and he's very smart. And if you want to know the truth, he's a lot smarter and a lot funnier. Than, 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 uh, 
than most of the people we feature on the lives of contemporary artists.